<laughs> Happy Sunday there, Peter Faces. Oh, look at this little kitty cat out here. Sitting in the Planet Fitness parking lot, just went in there and did a thousand step climbs. Sweating like a freaking fool. I mean, it's dripping off me. I have like a runway where my arms swing, freaking sweat coming up from every orifice, dripping down my pinkies, my fingers onto the ground. And here's this kitty cat underneath a uh, an RV, like a, a Winnebago, small Winnebago. That's one thing I've noticed, uh, maybe I uh, wondered about. I know some people who are living that RV life, living that van life. There's more and more of that you hear about and see out there. Tricked out RVs. But they they tend to park in the in these in parking lots. They'll go to a Walmart or something or Planet Fitness and they can always say, oh, I'm like getting ready to go to the gym. I don't think you can just park anywhere, right? But if you park in a parking lot that has, uh, you know, a 24-hour gym there, I guess you can't be bothered with, you know, nobody's going to give you shit, especially if you're out parked out of the way. So maybe that's what people do. If I was going to live the van life or take an RV trip, where would be a safe place to park? You'd wonder, well, you get off at an exit somewhere near your destination or on the way to your destination. And then you head uh, over to a parking lot that looks like it's in a safe area and that has um, maybe a 24-hour gym. You could also go in there and shower. That's pretty cool. I'm sure there are magazines and magazines, e-zines, and blogs and stuff that tell you exactly how to do all this stuff. It's just interesting to imagine what people's lives are like that live uh, the RV life. And that little cute little kitty cat running around, hiding underneath the uh, RV. I wonder if that is a cat that lives, that travels in the RV, or it just doing its little wanderings. Hey, what's going on? Let me go over the, maybe I'll go over the Planet Fitness parking lot and see if I can find some scraps of rodents or whatever. So anyway, today's the 29th of August, 2022. Got a good workout in, got some good exertions in. I'm going to start doing that on top of my uh, three, four day training days a week. I'm going to do and a solid hour of exertional activity, cardio, man. I just want to get some cardio going. I weighed myself the other day. I'm like 275. Well, you're all muscle. Well, maybe I'm fucking not all muscle. I'll tell you that right now. And, I, and even if I, even if a healthy percentage of my weight is healthy weight, I don't need to be this fucking big, man. I don't want to be a little skinny fuck either. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like my my man is my brawn, but I don't want to, I want to fucking be like two, shit, 240? How about 240? 30 pound loss? Let's do it, man. Some things in my way, but I definitely need to do cardio more. So I'm going to do more of that. Okay, what's going on this weekend? This is the last freaking weekend, man. This is the, was the last hurrah. You can feel that, you know, people are, they're Park, their cars are in their driveways now. They're not on vacation anymore. 
most people are home, kids are ready for school, parents are ready for work, Darkened, got calendars, marked everything down, got all the freaking administrative shit for the school year, all squared away, getting emails about bus routes and bus drivers and electronics pickup and all this stuff. Sam's football season starts, Lily's cheer season starts in earnest. be back to the schedule. I think a schedule is a very good thing. Of course, after a while, you get tired of that too, and then you're ready for a break. <laughs> right? It's fucking the yin and the fucking yang, man. It's that balance. We're always trying to strike in this world. Let's see what's going on. I got some, uh, I want to zip through some topics real quick. Take a healthy swig of H2O. Gonna be a hot week, gonna be sunny in like 90, high 80s, 90 this week. So watch yourself. A lot of motorcyclists out there, they're old ladies on the back. I'm not saying literally old ladies, although some of them, some of them are a little aged, but uh, that's what they call them. Hey, we're we got an old lady. The old lady is like a female biker. It's not a derogatory term. So look at this guy fucking sitting on the old bench out front of this greasy spoon restaurant smoking his little nasty cigarette. Jesus Christ. We went to California Pizza Kitchen last night for our, our like, farewell summer dinner. Yeah. It was good. It was very good, clean, fresh place. I had fish tacos, and they upped their game with them. It was very good. But we're looking out the window. There was these two, uh, probably 40-ish, uh, maybe late 30s, early 40s women. And they're talking, clearly on like a mom date or something like that. And they go outside and they smoke these cigarettes, these long-ass fucking cigarettes. Like a Virginia Slims or something like that. Like a fucking long-ass straw. Are you kidding me? Who smokes, man? We all got our vices, you know? Whatever it is. But, I mean, come on. Don't fucking smoke. If you smoke, you're a fucking idiot. If you smoke, I don't want to hear your opinion on anything else. Because you know you're killing yourself. You know you're you're killing yourself. If you smoke today, you are drastically increasing the, your likelihood of myriad disease processes. It's going to make you sick. It's going to make you die. It's going to make you smell. It's going to stain your teeth. It's going to fuck up your lungs. It is dumb. You're dumb. Otherwise, fairly, you know, pretty, you know, attractive young uh, ladies. What the fuck are you doing? Look at this dope here. Oh, I'm going to go out to, to the Mennonite Market. No, you're not, because they put the chain across on Sundays. They don't friggin' work on Sundays. You dope. Yeah, so don't smoke. Or you're, and, and if you smoke and you listen to this podcast, stop listening to it. Because you you're not listening to any of the sense that I try to make on here. I, I know I ain't got it all figured out, but I know this much. If you smoke... You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> and you know it. You should know it. I mean, how much more clear can we be on this fucking... On this topic? You're a fucking idiot if you smoke cigarettes. Now, if you used to do, like, fucking methamphetamine or crack or... I don't know. If it's, if it's the lesser of evils for you, and you only smoke, like, a few a day, as opposed to a pack a day... 
and you're you're moving towards you know progress uh, to the positive. Well, then have your little cigarette, okay? But don't go out there like two like you know soccer moms staying outside a California pizza kitchen smoking cigarettes. You're just—it's an ugly, ugly habit, an ugly business that has you know decades ago, decade, many decades ago. The cat has been out of the fucking bag. It'll kill you. It'll make you sick. It'll make you smell. It'll make you ugly. It'll make your skin fucking wrinkle. So many negative things about this shit. There's that. Okay? Let's talk. Ooh, shit. This lady's fucking on my asshole here. Sorry. I didn't do anything while I illegal turn or something like that while I was going off the deep end about cigarettes, but don't smoke, okay? I got my wits about me. All right, so um, let's talk about this big tooth that I carved. I call it the motivator molar, right? I carved a five foot tall by three foot wide molar tooth out of a red oak stump that was a very fine construction, by the way. It's very, very good condition, this stump. Lily and I went over yesterday. We whitewashed it uh, with a white stain so that it looks, you can still tell it's a tree. But it's, uh, you know, it's, it's white. Now. Teeth should be white. You go into the dentist, you think white, clean, no cavities on your teeth. That's what you want when you go into your checkup, right? So, it's pretty neat. I card for my buddy, my neighbor, and uh, her name is Helene Woodmancy, Dr. Helene Woodmancy. Her practice is Family Smile Care out of Telford, Pennsylvania. It's right off of 113, little place. Now you can see it, you can't miss it. You pull in there, you see a big wooden tooth. Um, so that was a joy to do. That was a joy to carve and to carve for a friend. And now it's going to kind of be the kickoff carving season. I'm going to try to squeeze as much as I can in to the uh, fall. I'm sure that my pinekins are going to they're going to kick in a high gear. People are going to want those, and I could probably sell a shitload, dozens of them. That's just hard work, man. And it's lonely work. I'll be out there just saws blazing. I could use some help to knock them out. You know, we can make, I don't know, a few thousand dollars. Work out a canopy. Shield ourselves from the, the dog days of summer slash early fall. Friggin' rays of the sun. Right? So that's fun. I'm going to head over there right now, and I'm going to make sure that it's good to go. And I'm going to do just one last little touch and uh, do some sanding of the base so it really looks nice. Nice and flat, nice and paint-free, and then you see this freaking beautiful tooth emerging from a red oak stump with the freaking bark still on it. 
That's it's gonna be great. Next topic. Uh, has this for controversy? It's ridiculous that it's controversial, in my opinion. Get fuck face. Oh, um. All right, your penis. All right. You're a fucking nerd. Try to be nice. You're a fucking nerd. Um, student loan forgiveness. Alright, so here's the deal. This is my point of view and this is my situation. I went to school for a very long time. I studied my ass off. I paid, I paid many thousand of dollars. Much of that in interest, most likely. In student for my student loans. I served in the military. I've done working class jobs where student loans were not required. And I also um, have degree on every level. I have associates, fucking bachelors, masters, and a doctorate degree in chiropractic, right? It's my, my terminal degree, my, the last one that I'm probably going to get. I could be wrong, because I love to be a student, I love to learn. I think that learning is very important, and we should, we should strive to be lifelong learners. Um, I don't think that it should, you should have to fucking uh, sign your life away with these ridiculously absorbent student loans in order to do it. Now, that being said, if you agree to pay this tuition rate, then you should, uh, you should, you know, you took a loan out, you should pay it now. The loan term should be reasonable, however, and students should be, you know, see, the thing is, students are thinking about the next step. Like, what what am I supposed to do with my life? You know, they're not thinking. It's, it's actually scientifically fact, scientific fact, that the human brain does not fully mature. All the connections are not fully made until age 25. And that's generally. You know there's some people that might take a lot longer than that, right? So student, long story short, students are not thinking about how much it's going to cost. They might hear it from their parents or hear it from the, you know, they look at the, the figures and they say this is what it's going to cost and they say, alright, everybody else is doing it picking her nose and chewing it, chewing it, I guess I need to do the same thing. Or I want the college experience, you know, I really want the college experience. So I don't, I don't just want to um, go to community college for two years. I want to go away. I want to have the college experience. I want to uh, cut my teeth on, on uh, you know, these uh, whatever fucking. Go to Penn State, you're a Penn Stater, you go to the football games, you, go, you join a sorority or a fucking fraternity, whatever you do. You know, there's value in that. You know, my nephew went to Stevens Tech. It's like a real, he's a real smart kid. He went to Stevens Tech in Newark, I think it is. He finished up his studies after year four. He got an internship this summer. They paid him two, the equivalent of $200,000 a year. That was the rate, the, you know, like the monthly rate that they paid him what it came down to. They gave him a, 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 uh, also a, an apartment in Manhattan. After the um, after the uh, 
internship was over, they hired him and several of his friends. And he, he just signed a, you know, he just signed on for a company for his first job out of school, making two hundred thousand dollars a year. So he ain't everybody, but you know, he wanted to go to a good school, provide a good education and good opportunities. It is also who you know and what school you went to. People look for that sort of thing. So, but most students, I believe, they want to go to college. If they've, they've studied hard, they want to pursue nursing, let's say. Like many of my, my uh, students that I teach at Gwinnett. $31,000 a year times four years. All right. So $120,000 a year plus they're paying for a four-year degree, and I'm sure there's all kinds of fees and shit on top of that. I don't even know if that's board included. They're paying a lot of money to be a nurse. Nurses get paid well, but I don't think they get paid uh, so well that they can overlook that that is a huge sum of money. I mean, that's what I paid, and I've got a doctorate. Got my doctorate almost 20 years ago. My education was $100,000, and I'm a doctor, you know, and I have the opportunity to earn much more than a nurse. Um, So college is very expensive, and uh, to be continued, I got to fucking run into family smile care. I have arrived. I'll finish this because I have a lot to say on this issue. Stand by. <laughs> okay, I'm pulling out of uh, Family Smile Care, Telford, Pennsylvania. In my rearview mirror, I see this brilliant white tooth. It's beautiful, I think. It's iconic. Oh, you're that dentist with the with the white molar. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Who did that? Oh, Aaron from Drillwood's Wood Carving. Oh, I should call him up. I have a tree I want to take down. I'll do it. So that was nice. That was a labor of love, and it's complete. And I did it for a friend, so I'm going to make a nice payday off of that. I just uh, couldn't up a notice in there. None of my damn business necessarily, but I told you about the guy. There's an old timer who came over. And he was I've seen him before. Um, his name is Fred. I've seen him around town. He freaking got terrible back pain. Pain man. He freaking puts his hands on his on his knees and he bends forward when he's talking to you. It's like he's in fucking excruciating pain. Sucks. You know. Anyway, he came over and admired the work, and I just started it out. And he's got somebody over there, maybe it's his son or something, living with him. Jesus Christ, big biker guy. His head, his entire head was tattooed, like Bam Bam Bigelow, kind of. And there's a Karen Share thrift shops. Man, I've always wanted to go in there and see what kind of shit they got in there. What kind of junk, if you will. See what kind of stuff in there I can grab kind of neat, kind of weird.
that ready for some lunch. Okay, so, uh, oh, that's cool. A little play on words. This restaurant's called Parma John's. Parma John's. <laughs> so let's get back to uh, school loan forgiveness. So people are saying they're, they're, it's, it's a split down the middle politically, of course. I mean, at least that, that's the impression you get. So the uh, Democrats tend to be all for this. Uh, this is a promise that Biden made in his um, running, you know, as he was running for president. It's a promise that everybody was saying was going to be an empty promise. He's never going to be able to do it. So it sounds like he has found a way to do it. And if he doesn't make good on it, he's going to fucking be a real shitbird in a lot of people's eyes. Now, he said he was going to do it, and he's doing it. That's the whole stereotype, right, about politicians. Well, if he pulls this off, then we can no longer say that about him, at least the, those who are proponents of this measure. So I say this. Um, well, you know what I say. I got fucking loans, and I fucking work my ass off, and I have the means to pay off my loans. I pay like $1,000 a month. Right? I don't even need to pay that much. I'm paying it so I can get rid of these fucking things and no longer be indebted to these things. I'm just, I'm just saying it's quite difficult if you're trying to start a practice um, and you're trying to raise a family and pay a mortgage and all that stuff. Yes, you, you take a loan out, you have to fucking pay it back. But... These fucking loan sharks out there, if it's not, it, I'm sure a lot of it's legal and above board, but it's just a lot, man. It's it's one thing that I feel like, I've often said this, if I could wave my fucking magic wand, I was the president of the United States, president of the free world, I would guarantee healthcare and education to my populace. That would be my thing. Healthcare and education. These are two things that in the greatest nation, quote-unquote, the world has ever known. I think we can do, we, we should be able to guarantee these things for our population. People should not go into debt with medical debt, you know, because of uh, some disease process or some illness. They should be taken care of. And I know that, you know, if they get poor enough... Then everything's free, right? And they get freaking welfare and Medicaid and all this stuff. But the working class, you know, <clears throat> those of us who are in the middle, we pay our fucking asses off and like we're like enslaved to this whole process. I don't think you should still be paying your loans off, you know, for, you know, when you're a senior citizen. I think for a lot of people, it could very well be like that. Education is entirely too expensive. I used my analogy before about what I know of nursing. They have $100,000 worth of loans, like conservatively speaking. Yes, they can make a good living, but really, what is a good living these days in the times of inflation and, and the world we live in right now? I mean, beat cars right now. That's the first thing you might want to do as a new grad is get yourself a, 
you know, car, a nice car, something to, not, not like something ridiculous, like a Tesla or something, but you know, a dependable vehicle is going to get you to work. Good luck finding a, a, that vehicle for under $40,000. You know, it's not very easily done these days. So I'm just making a case for people being strapped, having a shitload of bills, and taking on educational uh, debt. That is something that's supposed to strengthen the economy, strengthen you know their ability to earn and support their families. Um, it shouldn't be a penance, you know. What I mean, like it. I feel like the institutions of higher learning. They take. They definitely take advantage. It is definitely a big business, and a lot of folks are taking it in the asshole. So I don't think that we should have to pay our student loans for fucking ever. I think that education should be cheaper. There should also be some legislation restricting what can be charged. We also should maybe make uh, the the two years of college free at the community college. They should fucking do that. Free or extremely subsidized. Because we want to guarantee people. We want to give people an edge. Then you get your two years under your belt. And then you get a little bit closer to your degree of choice. Maybe then you go to... Penn, you know, whatever, not Penn State, or then you go to NYU, or, you know, when you finally have gotten all these little baseline courses that have nothing to do with your major out of the way, then you go to, like, a finishing school in the last two years, and everything should have to be transferable. Like, we can do this, you know, we can do better. But do I want fucking uh, $10,000 deducted from my loan payments? Hell to the fucking yes. When I come back, I'm going to tell you the other side of the story. All right. So what is the uh, Republican side of the story on student loan forgiveness? Well, this is the public's money, right? This is our tax money, hard-earned taxpayers' money. Not everyone has a student loan to forgive. Some people chose the trades. Some people went in the military, got the GI Bill. Some people, you know, whatever. They didn't get any education. <laughs> or somehow they managed to pay for their education and pay it off. Or maybe they just paid the loans off. They knew that they were going to be, you know, expensive and that they made it their priority to pay down their educational debt. And many, many people are doing that. Have done that. You know. I mean, I... Every bit of education that I received... I feel like it was... It was time and money well spent. I knew it was going to be expensive... I figured that I was going to be able to pay it off some way. I didn't know how. I mean, obviously, I was going to get out and practice. And but I mean, then you got you got debt in that regard. At some point, you got to be able to start your own practice, right? How do you do that? In my case, I had to borrow sixty grand from my father. <clears throat> he made it possible for me to buy a little building and a, and a practice within and 
I had a little bit of a, a, a head start, some existing business coming in, and from that point, 18 years later, I've built into the businesses today. And I'm, I'm still trying to grow, trying to, you know, not trying to break any records necessarily, but I want to be able to operate, be the best chiropractor I can possibly be and help people fucking, you know, so much better than the average healthcare experience that they're getting out there. I want to be the best. And I want to make a good living doing that. I I do. I'm happy with it. But, you know, it was touch and go for a while. It's scary going out into business. I guess there are people out there, I mean, I read somebody making a an argument for the student loan forgiveness thing like it being a nice gesture 10 grand is a lot of money but it's not a lot of money when it comes to the average school um, tuition today your tuition it's a fucking pimple on its ass I mean, most most four-year universities these days kids are getting out they probably have six-figure liability it's a lot okay it's an awful lot. Yes, there are some ways you can mitigate that, but, you know, it's kind of like the going rate, you know. Let's say it's $12,000 a year. Let's say you go to a freaking state school and you can and you can get your tuition, you know, maybe it's twelve, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 a year instead of thirty. Okay, well, $60,000, you know, probably more than that. You're still, you're still creeping up towards six figures. There's a lot of things that can be done. <clears throat> Backing up, we got the freaking, the, you know, conservative arguments. Well, I didn't take out these loans, or I paid my loans off, or I went to, you know, uh, trade school and you know, been out making earning while you guys have been going to school, and look at me. <clears throat> Basically, a lot of this boils down to, from what I can tell, this is the situation that I'm in, and it's not, well, I didn't do what you did, so I shouldn't have to pay taxes that go to bailing you out to the tune of ten dollars or $20,000 for your student loans. <clears throat> now, this is something that, that the Democrats, as I understand, they were lobbying pretty hard for. There is a need. I mean, there is a lot of educational debt out there. It is also one of the things you can never get free of your, of your student loans. You know, you can... Um, my understanding is that you can... Put a business under. You can go out of business, and you can, or whatever you're, you can lose your sh- your shirt financially, and you can <coughs> file chapter um, chapter eleven bankrupt bankruptcy. Is it chapter eleven? There's also a Marine Corps uh, non judicial punishment thing. Um, chapter eleven. I don't know. Thankfully, I've never done it. But you can go bankrupt, and you can in seven years your credit can be fantastic again. So it's like a, an opportunity to restart. People do this all the time. You know, our ex-president, Donald J. Trump, did it seven times. Okay? So <clears throat> he went out there and took risks, and he won sometimes, and he fucking lost sometimes. Some would say seven, seven times is a fucking, it's a shitload of losses for a guy who, you know, claims to be such a winner. <clears throat> he doesn't talk about this shit a lot, right? So you can't erase educational debt. That's a problem, okay? Um, if it if you go bankrupt, you shouldn't have to pay your fucking student loans either. If it's legitimate, 
you know, it shouldn't be some, like, get out of jail free card, it should be like, you know, if you lose your shirt, you need, like, an administrative reset, and there should be consequences, and there should be remediation steps, and all that, thankfully I haven't done any of this stuff, but I'm just saying, um, that's the point of view of the, of the opposition to the student loan forgiveness, I didn't go that route, I don't have student loans, or I paid mine off in record time because I am so disciplined, or, you know, or I just, you know, I went the, the uh, trade route, and I made a mint, you know, doing that, I didn't have to worry about the loans, so it's not a problem that I have, so this is not subject to me, nor should it be, we shouldn't be using uh, federal funds to bail people out, well, okay, <clears throat> there's a lot of analogies that are being used, you know, some people that are complaining about the, uh, the fucking pittance of a 10 grand student loan uh, olive branch. But these same folks during the COVID cooties, they took a PPP loan. They're, they couldn't operate their business, just like I could. For 50 to the tune of $50,000, two $25,000 installments, I was fortunate to get some sort of money that would allow me to keep my doors open and continue to pay my employees, right? And this is all an extreme effort during an extreme time to try to keep everybody's head above water. It's unprecedented, right, the COVID cuties? So um, those loans were then forgiven. Those PPP loans, they were forgiven. I qualified for forgiveness, as did many other people. I mean, to the tunes of hundreds, to the tune of hundreds of thousands of dollars, depending upon the size of their business, hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars. There were companies that qualified for this this PPP program, and so there's an example, a very recent one, and and sizable example of you know people having a hard time. We're going to support them. And this is basically a tax-free loan. Far and away more, I mean, I know a lot of people have student loans, but the PPP thing. Okay, then there's all kinds of other legislation that happens and thing like we think that this is, a, we'd like to consider America this big democracy. It's ruled by the people. You know damn well, like on a weekly basis, there are, bills that are passed with funds that have to do uh, with all kinds of things that we do not support. Let's say it's some military campaign or some, you know, environmental initiative or some energy thing, you know, like solar energy. You know, we talked about fossil fuels in that, in that podcast that, that I had been listening to, uh, the great simplification, the guys about like, we're fucking we're in trouble energy-wise, right? We're not going to have an endless stream of, of fossil fuels. So they want to incentivize cleaner energies, cleaner technologies, solar energy, wind and wind farms, fucking <clears throat> electric vehicles. You may not like, you know, I may, you may like your Dodge Ram 5.7 liter gas guzzler and want to drive that forever until frickin' the price per gallon is $5, right? And then you're like, oh, maybe this isn't such a bad thing. 
you know, you people complain about all kinds of stuff. This my point is there's so many different examples of government initiatives, dollars spent, tax dollars spent that you can't say shit about. This is all dealt with from our elected with by our elected leaders and they and we don't work above our pay grade, man. They're, they're making these deals and they're not always to our liking. This is what some people talk about. It might be something, it might be something, let's say you're a pro-lifer and you don't believe in abortion. You don't think that Planned Parenthood, organizations like that should exist. All right. And you don't want to pay for that. Or you don't want to pay for people to go on welfare, you know, uh, when you, you're something you're paying into. I and mean, this is like the common good is what we're after. So there's all kinds of things that happen, uh, on a regular basis with our government that you don't agree with, but your tax dollars still go towards that. There ain't shit you can do about it, nor is there shit you can do about fucking student loan forgiveness. So if this motherfucker wants to, if there's actually some substance to this and he wants to you know, forgive $10,000 of my, my debt, I'll suck his dick. You think about that done deal with that. People complain about every fucking thing. Oh, this is gonna fucking be this. Yeah, your constituents, guess what? Your constituents who have college degrees, even if they, they're they paying faithfully and they can, can, they can continue to pay their student loans off, they would appreciate a little bit of a handout every now and then. Because those of us in the middle class, in the upper class, that have the ability to earn a good living and keep paying these student loans, we're the only ones keeping the shit afloat. Because people who ain't, who ain't got a fucking pot to piss in, they get free or drastically reduced education, scholarships at the butthole, or they don't get educated, and then they, can, they stay dumb and poor, and then you complain that they have to, they're taking all this fucking resources in terms of welfare. Like, if you want to educate the populace, why would you do it? <clears throat> so people don't be so fucking dumb. So they make better choices, okay? So they can find good jobs and, and contribute to our economy if you want it to remain strong, right? So people should get some kind of training. It doesn't have to be sitting in a fucking lecture hall. It could be a trade school. It could be an apprenticeship program. It could be a million things. And one final note on education, my opinion. I've talked about this a little bit before. As a college professor, as somebody who had gone to school for fucking many, many years, myself, the bubble's going to burst with higher education. All this online activity, even accelerated by yet by the COVID cooties, when we had to study remotely, we learned how to do it. We were learning and experimenting how to do it best before that. I talked about like a Bob Jones University or a Liberty University or whatever, these Christian places. They found a way to teach their divinity programs and, and all that stuff. They found a way to teach their, their programs remotely all over the world so that they don't just have uh, a domestic source of, uh, of business educating people in the United States and people who are willing to come here. They can do virtual programs and have tuition take intuition that way. So you can be, and we talk about broadening your scope, talk about spreading the good word about whatever, your church, your beliefs, your whatever you're trying to put out there, the information you're trying to put out there. So 
I talked about Coursera before. Check that out. You go on there right now, you give them your email, and they don't even, don't even fucking bother you compared to these, some of these other assholes. Christ, if I get another fucking solicitous email from some bullshit, like every day I take about 50 of those things, and I say block sender. Jesus Christ, they're coming. I don't know who's pirating my shit or selling my information or whatever. I like to smack their face. Um, now I'm just driving for the sake of driving because I have some t- content to talk about. I'm on a roll somehow today. Um, so what the fuck was I talking about? Oh, uh, you go on Coursera and you can search fucking art, history, science, technology, finance. You can take classes, free classes, on any of those topics, and you can learn that material. Some of them will have a little, uh, you know, you can get a certificate for it. You know, let's say you're a tech geek and you want to take a course on uh, creating a phone app. You can take that online, and you can actually get credit for it, and maybe... and they charge like a ridiculously low fee. It's like a certificate program. Most of it's free though. You don't have to take a test if you don't got to take a test. Ain't no teacher looking down their nose at you telling you, you know, where were you on Monday? You didn't make class or you were late. You take it when you want to take it. You look at the videos that they have. You want to learn about nutrition? Stanford, health and nutrition. Watch that. You want to learn about, you know, self-care, how to take better care of your physical and mental well-being? Go and type in Stanford um, Diet, Stanford Nutrition, and you'll, there's a series, maybe 10, maybe a dozen different um, lectures that you can take in, and they'll teach you about how to eat properly, and when to eat, and hydration, and nutrients, and, you know what not to eat, all that stuff. It's right there. You don't need to pay anybody. You need to fucking uh, hire a dietitian. Go on the fucking line. Yes, there's good stuff on there. It's not just junk. So these are like high-end, I mean, really good institutions that for quite a while have been tinkering around with remote learning. And they've been building solid programs on a platform like Coursera in preparation for the future. Because that is the future of education. It's going to be everywhere. And guess what? I know they might try. They ain't. I ain't. They ain't going to freaking get fifty thousand dollars a year to go online and get information that people can get in other places. So, if you want to go to co- the whole notion of going to college just so you can fucking, you know, uh, go to parties where they fill uh, trash cans with fucking plastic bags and make hunch punch. And get you can get drunk and get laid. You can do that fucking in your hometown. You just want to do that somewhere else. Uh, you want to make friends. You can you know we can do that. But it's like this whole kind of like sleepaway camp thing. I want the really the college experience. Like I realize you you tell me about all your college experiences. Go on a trip, you fucking idiot. Right? Go on a trip. Backpack across Europe. You know. Go work somewhere. Go to go to the place that you think you'd love to live, and go get a job, and take classes at night, or go to parties there and get laid. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
this is all like being a young person come of age stuff you can do that different places I went in the Marine Corps you know and I had most of my stories and experiences came from that time um, you know I went to college did some of that then as well but I was kind of an adult student having been 22 when I got out of the Corps so you can do all this shit in other ways I would tell my kids I'll give them fucking I don't know I'll finance their trip to go to Europe and find a family to live with and learn with and experience things with and and go go do it man have a great time you know be careful we'll always be here for you have fun good luck you ain't got to fucking risk your life like I did great experience. I'm glad I did it. I needed it, but I'm saying, so I'm getting a little philosophical on education, but I think you're picking up what I'm putting down. There's many, many different ways to learn. Be a lifelong learner. I am. I strive to be, um, and I love it, but don't bellyache because people are going to get a measly 10 grand deducted from their liability. There's been all kinds of free money coming out for a very long time whether it was, damn, uh, people unemployed during the pandemic and all that freaking unemployment insurance or the PPP loans or um, other COVID cooties-related things, uh, initiative, government initiatives happening for things that you have no interest in or no perspective on. Tough shit. It happens all the time, you know? vote differently next time, or, you know, whatever, keep supporting whatever, but I think it's something, it's really a ridiculous something to talk about, it shows how bored we are at a time when um, things are still largely very good in the U.S., meanwhile, across the world, we got freaking wars and famines and kinds of crazy shit going on. Speaking of a cool book that I, I just learned, I just put on my wish list on Audible, it's, uh, fuck, what is it called? Some, let's say it's called The Great Migration. It's a woman's first name is Gaia. Gaia, which I think is like, I think it means Mother Earth or something like that. Mother. Gaia Dixon? Is that her? Is that her name? I could be fucking that up. So Gaia Dixon writes this book about how there's going to be parts of this world and parts of our very country where people are going to have to immigrate. They're going to have to leave. All right? Within the next 30 to 50 years, there's going to be parts of this, this country that are not going to be habitable year-round. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, there's uh, instances of, of the wells running dry out west, right? Beautiful places like Arizona people like to go visit. Um, you want to live there, there year-round? Good luck. It's fucking bone dry. You know I mean, it's getting hotter and hotter. Um, Florida. People love to go to Florida. It's a peninsula. Right? The sea levels are going to successively rise. The storms are going to get worse. It's not going to be... Within our lifetime, it'll be fine. But in the near future... It's going to be fucking underwater, man. It's going to be threatened. 
Everybody wants to move south. You know, New Orleans. It's just a matter of time. It's already flooded terribly on uh, several occasions. Hurricane Katrina, the most recent, terrible. Right? That's, that's going to happen again. Right? They're trying. They're hoping. It's not going to. It's not going to look. The, out, the long-term outlook is not good. Not being like a climate change alarmist here. I'm saying this just that's what her book is about. It's this evidence-based book about some different parts now the world. There's certain places where it's just going to be fucking hot as balls all over the all the time. So actually, it's good to be living in the Northeast, even though it can get pretty hot. Hear me on here talking about how beautiful the uh, weather has been. It's been awesome uh, this summer. You can't really say it's been terribly hot. There's been some really nice days. So uh, I'm interested in that. I got a couple studies I want to talk to you real quick about. Uh, articles that I read online. So the first one talks about the relationship between creativity and um, being um, concerned about what people think. Okay, so a little bit of background. Everybody knows that I'm a big creative guy. I think life is art. I don't know when, at the best of my knowledge, I wasn't always like this. Okay, I feel like In the Marine Corps, I don't know if I was like this. Um, I don't think I was. I think that this happened when I was in my late 20s. I finally got out of college, grad school, and did all that learning, and then realized, you know what, I, I really like knowledge. I really like learning new shit. Hey, let me check this out. Let me tinker around with that. And I mainly ooh, like to make things out of wood. Let me do this. So, um, and successively, I've been giving myself my time, any extra time that I have, to artistic endeavors, creative creativity and outside the box thinking. I love that shit. And I've talked to you in the past about how you sometimes will ask people, oh yeah, so you uh, you artsy? They'll say, oh, I love your ceilings. Oh, you artsy? No. Like, the vast majority of people say no. And this article was suggesting that the big problem that people have, if you self-identify as being creative or even being interested in creative things, admitting that you you like shit like that, like you don't have to be fucking Van Gogh. In fact, you probably shouldn't be because he cut his fucking ear off and went insane or something, right? But if you identify as creative to the point where you say, oh, I like to make crafts, and I like to do different, I like to play an instrument, or there's all kinds of different creativity, right? You don't have to be painting or carving or writing music. You could do a million different things. But you have to be willing to admit that you could actually do something. I can make something. I can can make this happen. Um... There's a good percentage of people who, who aren't like that. They, they don't believe that they can. They identify, self-identify as non-creative. And a lot of that has to do with fear of rejection. They are scared 
that they're going to put themselves out there in a creative endeavor or maybe in most anything and that they're going to be denied they're going to be they're going to fail people are not going to like their sculpture it's like if you go to painting with a twist or one of these places where you drink wine and you uh, and you do paintings they help you do the paintings people are mortified in there like I went with my, my wife and and she was so like oh my god like yours is so much better than mine see he has all this he's really good at this there goes Aaron you know doing his you know, he's not even following the instructions he's going freestyle I mean you could tell and I was I know because I when I go to a place like that I'm also a little bit anxious because I want to see what I can do. I want to, I want to make something. I want to, uh, how's it going to turn out? But see, that's the whole thing about creativity. It really is flexibility. It's like intellectual flexibility. Just, just having enough experience, enough experience on your belt to say, you know what, I can do this. And if I fail, I'm going to try another way. If I fail, that's okay. You know, I can, I'll, I'll make it work somehow. Or it might not be pretty. Nothing is pretty the first time. Why would you say you're not creative? It's like you're saying that you... This is just my spiel here. You're saying that you are scared of failure. Well, me too. But I'm going to pretend I'm not scared of failure. And I'm going to fucking paint tonight. Or I'm going to get a piece of clay. And I'm going to try to make a fucking turtle out of it. Somebody's done it before. These are skills. Some people are naturally creative, but but you know you got to understand these are skills that people have that that can be learned, just like anything. Talk about education. Never say you're not creative. The next thing that uh, the study that I and I got up six minutes to go, or it's going to cut me off. Um, there's another study. And it talks about the center of altruism in our brain. Right? So what that means is that people who are intentionally, purposefully kind to others, open open doors for people, hey, can I help you at all, Um, being kind, trying to make the world a better place, doing good turns, the neurological place in your brain where that, that that fires up, like when we do an MRI, we put we do a study, and we have people do like altruistic things. If you're if you're acting out of altruism, making a physical effort to help somebody else or help others, the anterior cingulate gyrus fires up. It lights up on a functional MRI image. So you're doing the task, the MRI is recording information about your brain activity. The anterior cingulate gyrus is basically right towards the front of your brain and slightly deep. Alright, if you think about, I talk about that reptilian brain, right? How there's like the brain stem and the, the real central aspects, real deep inside your brain. Then you, that size of a baseball, let's say. Then you add 
another shell onto that, and then a third shell. That third shell in, now it's the brain's getting bigger, would be like the cingulate gyrus would be in there. And then the fourth shell, uh, that would be the neocortex, your frontal lobe, your, your, your main cerebral hemispheres and all that stuff. And these hemispheres, um, they have five lobes in each hemisphere that perform specific actions. Like I think I've mentioned in the past, your occipital lobe of your cerebrum, that's right in the back of your head, that processes vision, right? Whereas the frontal lobe is about decision-making, judgment, and personality. Whereas the temporal lobe is about hearing and equilibrium and language processing. So, um, this cingulate gyrus, it shuts off if you're doing something and it's really like a selfish act. Something that only benefits you. It shuts off. But if you're doing to help others, this cingulate gyrus fires up. Well, how freaking cool is that? We found the place in the brain that is about helping other people. Imagine if we could stimulate that. Imagine if we could tickle that part of the brain so that other that people would be more interested in just looking out for the welfare of other people. I mean, could that hurt us at all? <laughs> if we did that, if everybody just really, like, I know we cooperated, talk about humans, how did we evolve to be so successful, to be the dominant creature on Earth? Um, we had to cooperate. But is there any downside to our cooperating more? How awesome would it be if we could you know, take a supplement or medication or something, give them some selfish bastards so that everybody can benefit and look after each other a little bit more? The world needs that right now. It needs creativity. It needs outside-the-box thinking. It needs people caring for other people and not complain about stupid shit. I got one more thing to say. I recommend a movie I watched last night. It's called 13 Lives. It's about these Thai, um, a soccer team from Thailand, boys. They go into a freaking nearby cave that was open to tourists, and it was, monsoons came early, and they got trapped in there, flash floods. They're deep, they're like fucking miles into this thing now. 13 of them, they're still alive. They're divers from Thailand. They weren't good enough or experienced enough to do cave dives like that. So, it's a team of international renowned divers, many of them from Britain, they came in and they fucking did it, man. They saved these kids. In order to do it, I mean, it was almost it was fucking impossible. It's like the Pennsylvania Miner story or something like that. It's heartwarming. It's freaking got you on the edge of your seat. Um, it's, it's a wonderful story about human cooperation and people doing things to help others. In this case, they had to, or freaking 13 young you know, boys were going to die. You know, it wasn't their fault. They, they got trapped in this. They wanted to go there and explore around, and their coach was with them, and they got fucking stuck. These divers go in to get them. In order to get them out, because, you know, you're, you have to scuba dive to get out. In order to get out, they had to put them under 
sedate them. One of the divers was an anesthetist. They sedated these guys, put scuba masks on them, and painstakingly pulled them out. Time's up. Watch that movie.